Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. It is Thursday, January 16th in the year 2020, when there's so much going on around the world. There is the impeachment hearings that are going to get started in the Senate for the president. There are strikes in Iran, both protesters and actual missile strikes. And there's just so much going on. But yet, even in the sports world, there's a lot going on with the conference championship games coming around the corner. But everybody's talking about something else, talking about something that's not even in season talking baseball and baseball scandals and people love scandals and i know you have a mouthful of takes gino i do as well i think we're gonna have probably 10 or 15 minutes where the gloves come off and we're gonna duke it out talking about these issues but before we get into all that gino let me ask you do you think that the managerial firings are enough to really change the cheating culture that's rampant in baseball. And I ask that with this context in mind, okay? Cheating is allowable in baseball, just not with the use of technology. So are they kind of shooting their, themselves in the foot there? It's kind of like hockey saying fighting is allowed, but maybe you can't use a stick. I mean, is that enough of a line, do you think? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the time, right? I think you mentioned something that's interesting. Like in baseball, there's always kind of been – baseball is one of those like old world sports that's like got all these unwritten rules, right? Like everybody understands that there's sign stealing going on in baseball. As you mentioned, never to this extent. So to me – and I guess like for the for – the, like the bulk of our conversation today, I'm not going to like, and I, I think it'd be, t- it'd be hard to kind of get it. Let's like, let's just talk about the Astros and what we know, because I think if we talk about, you know, what's going to happen with the Red Sox, I think it's hard because we have no idea. We haven't really heard a lot of the specifics about the Red Sox and their investigation, but we're starting to hear a lot about the Astros and what they did and everything's coming out now to me, Mike, I would trade, if, if, I, if this World Series wasn't getting taken away, I wish the Dodgers would have done this shit. <laughs> Excuse my language. You know, like, if that's all that's going to happen, a, a, a manager getting fired, and you get fined $5 million, which you absolutely made, you know, hand over fist with your home, with your playoff games and your playoff run. Like, I'm 32 years old, and I've never seen a, a World Series. And the Dodgers weren't in the World Series for, like, 30 years of my lifetime. I would 100%... No, like it's to me, it's really similar because I had to deal with this with USC. Like I watched the USC teams with Bush and with Liner win championships and win games that were then taken away from them. And you know what? And you you can vouch for this as someone who watched the Red Sox win. Even if for some reason they say that they're going to take the championship away from the Red Sox, you watched all those games. You saw the like you those feelings. They're, they don't get taken away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, so you think it's kind of a worthy trade-off? Like, hey, we're going to try this, hopefully get away with it. And the fact that they won, that 
justifies the uh, you know the means justify the end so to speak it's it's one of those things yeah. where you know okay you could take a banner down from the rafters in basketball or a pennant in, in the stadium somewhere but they still want it and i still got my joy out of it and the players still celebrated and drank champagne and and acted like kids and they all got their bonuses and so five million bucks is a drop in the bucket compared to what they got that's that five that was that's the one part that i don't think enough people are talking about is like Okay, the cheating. What has it done to the legacies? And you know, I, I'm on the. I, I know you posted a thing about the LA City Council, which I I think was like more of a joke than anything. Like, because I've seen, but like, I I don't know any real Dodger fans that are like, I want to be a World Series champion. Because first of all, who's to say they would have beat the Yankees or whoever else they would have played if it wasn't the Astros? You know what I'm saying? You you can't play those kind of games. I just think. Nobody should win that 2017 year. And then we'll see what happens with Boston. If it's not that bad, who knows? But what we're finding out today about buzzers and text messaging and these guys that were, I mean, the videos that came out with Altuve, when we're able to look back and see when he, when he hit that home run, the walk-off home run, and he's rounding third and he's telling his teammates not to rip his shirt off. Come on, man. Like, Hey, he didn't want to, he didn't want to make his wife mad, right? His wife mad. He's shy. <laughs> He's a shy guy. Right? <laughs> I mean, you know something's up when that's what you're thinking in your head after you just hit a game-winning home run. You're not happy. Like if you if you just genuinely and me were playing baseball and you hit a, a jack and you're running around the bases, you'd be pumped. You'd have a big smile on your face. You wouldn't be worried about your shirt getting taken off. You would literally be screaming and yelling. Like yeah, you wouldn't be caught. You wouldn't have to be that cautious about getting no. caught which is what exactly no. what he was. He was cautious about getting caught. And, you know, uh, and, and Gino and I and, and some other people, you know, we engaged in a little bit of a tweeting about it a short time before we got on the air. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'd noticed was that the road splits for the Astros are really, really dramatic. I was kind of making the case that, well, with the Red Sox, it, it wasn't really quite like that. I know there's a psychological edge, and we'll get into all those different factors, but it's pretty compelling for the Astros. They were a dominant home team. They played out of their minds at home and they were below average on the road uh, in terms of statistically speaking. Now, wins wise in 2018, at least I didn't go back and look in 2017, the Red Sox and the Astros had the most wins on the road of any team in baseball. And so the one thing I want to remind people is this. And first of all, I will give this caveat. I've actually spoken to somebody in the league offices that I'm, I'm friends with. And actually, I didn't speak. We text. And he said, uh, you're going to see that the Red Sox stuff isn't nearly as bad as people are expecting it to be. He's like, I can't really say any more right now. But for now, just know it's not as damning as it is for the Astros. And I think people will be really surprised about what they find out. We'll see what? about that. But l- let me just say one thing about exactly what it is that we are talking about. We're talking about cheating that goes on at home games during the regular season with runners on base. So there's a lot of baseball, half of it's played on the road, and there's a lot of baseball that's played without runners on base. So really we're talking about maybe 30% of the season where there is this possible cheating going on. Is that enough of a psychological edge, do you think, where that now carries with you throughout the season? And the second part of that is, okay, what about in the postseason when you can't do it because the uh, major league officials are guarding those monitors and they can't be accessed in those in that manner? 
Um, do you kind of feel naked that you don't have your shield, your helmet, your superhero powers in the playoffs? And would you play worse? And that's kind of something that I can't really wrap my head around. Yeah, it, you know, it's 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 very. It reminds me very much like of the, with the Patriots, right? Because these teams that won, like we're not talking about bad teams. We're not like the Astros absolutely could have won without doing anything. Or the Red Sox absolutely could have won without doing anything. They were talented enough. They were very good teams. To me, um, you know, when you when you talked about with runners on base, well, that's not the case if they're using buzzers and stuff. Because if they're using things like that, they could be getting information without any runners on base that they're just getting buzzed. You know, the runners on bases were were kind of when they were talking about the banging on the trash cans and that kind of stuff. Now we've today, what's crazy is like the stories that we read from the athletic, the Rosenthal stuff that didn't even include the stuff that came out today, all this stuff. So that's why there's like a whole brand new wrinkle. Yeah, but I'm trying to figure out, okay, so if there's no runners on base, what exactly are you intercepting? Is that where you have people in the outfield that um, are able to kind of decipher things? A scout from videoing videoing from the stands or from the outfield, picking up the signs and then get, and then just giving them to you via a buzzer. They buzz you for an off-speed pitch or they whatever they're, you know, they're, whatever it was. So you get a little buzz thing. Oh, here comes off-speed pitch. Doesn't even matter if there's anybody on base because they were using the scouts from the stands to video um, to use, you know, to videotape everything. So, you know, when you were talking about the banging on the trash cans, that was more of like when there's runner on second or when there's people that are like, to me with the buzzers. Now this kind of takes it to a whole next level that we haven't even really heard a whole lot about. So, you Um, know what I'm curious about then is number one, how quickly are they able to transmit? Like how quickly are they able to process what they saw in the sign, get it over to somebody and, are they successful in, in the actual transmission of it on time, every time, every other time, occasionally? I want to know the frequency of it. Secondly, I also want to know what happens then when a pitcher misses his spot, right? You have guys that can't locate. Um, so I'm just trying to boil down how much did this really, really, really help them? How often was it? Was it one me once a game? And who knows? Maybe once a game, you know, maybe that's that's enough. You know, over 162 then, games, you know, you get one lost, assist a game. Maybe that's enough to, to, to make a difference of 10, 10 wins, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe And maybe it, it didn't matter a lot of the times, right? But it, it, it is just an advantage. And that, that's the frustrating part. It's like if you put this much just into your scouting and into your preparation, it's like the people that like come up with these crazy ways to cheat on tests, right? It's like if you just would have spent that same amount of time studying for the damn test, you would have passed it. Yeah. You know? So like it's like if you just did your due diligence with your scouting with the super talented group of players that you have, then who knows if it even matters. The problem is is that with the Astros in particular, like they won games and I feel even less like pissed off about this. And I'm obviously, like I said, we keep saying I'm going to have to wait to hear what comes out with the Red Sox stuff, because I I kind of agree with you in the sense that I think people are assuming the Red Sox stuff is going to be really bad just because of Cora. Like Cora is the guy who kind of got everything um, like piled on. He's like the mastermind of all this stuff. So I think you know what's really interesting about that, Gino, they say that there was nobody better before all this. Uh, um, stealing signs and deciphering, you know, all this kind of stuff. He was like, that was like one of his like big time advantages. He was really, really, really good at it. And he just took it to the nth level. Yeah. And, and so that's what, um, 
I think that's why people are just assuming, like, I don't know if the Red Sox did as much or if it was like all player wide or whatever, but I do know, I mean, from what I'm reading and hearing the, the punishment for Cora is going to be way worse than it was for the other guys for Hinch and for the Astros GM um, mainly because, you know, the, the, what's, what's tough about all of this also is basically, you know, we, I don't know how much of what we know is really true because a lot of the information that we know from the athletic report or from some of the ESPN reports are things that the players told the league. So the league basically made a deal with the players, like what happens in any, you know, law, like lawsuit or, or something like that, where they said, Hey, you tell us what happened and we're not going to suspend you guys. Right. You guys give us the truth. Tell us what happened. None of you guys are going to be affected by this. So then the players started to spill the beans a little bit, like the Astros players, 20 players on the Astros were interviewed from those, those a couple years and they were just discussing everything. But the problem is they didn't say everything right, Mike, because they didn't tell them that there were buzzers and wires and all this crap. So I don't know, like, to what extent we really even know anything because it's well, what we do know. And you were kind of starting to go down the road is that one common denominator on both teams is Cora. Yes. So not just is he the mastermind, but he's involved in 2017, 2018, and and God knows how many years potentially before that. Um, you know, I don't remember what year he, you know, left ESPN and, and went to the, back to coaching. But, um, you know, he obviously developed this over time. And so, you know, he's kind of the, the one guy that um, probably if if we're talking a one year suspension per year of doing this. Then he's probably suspended for two years or more likely indefinitely. And yeah, then he'll have to appeal and, get, and work his way through the back through the process. Yeah. Like Buster only. And some of these other guys, they think that he might be getting a lifetime ban. Um, and you know, like Buster, I was listening to him. He was talking earlier and he likes Alex a lot. He's like, I worked with Alex for, a, for years at ESPN. He's a good buddy of mine. I think he's what he's and Buster said exactly what we were just talking about too. He mentioned how good Alex was at, um, deciphering the signs and stealing signs years ago when he was a player. Like that was one of his big like uh, attributes that he brought to the team is that any team he went to, he could, he could boom, like quickly, boom, pick, pick him out and, and, uh, and dissect them. But it's, it's just uh, what, what's so crazy about this. And I don't think people even really understand like how much the trickle down from this goes. So, you know, like the Astros win the world series. That's, that's fine. But what about, you know, throughout the season, uh, if there's like the Astros are playing against the A's, let's say, for example, and the A's bring up a minor leaguer that they need to pitch to start to spot start a game or maybe that they're going to bring out of the bullpen. And this guy comes in against the Astros and he gets lit up and then he gets sent back down to the minors and he never comes back again. <laughs> you know, well, that 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 sounds awful lot like the, uh, you know, arguments that were made during the steroid era. Yeah. Right? Like, what about what you about know. the five? thousand dollars per player that the Astros got as a bonus you think of and you know this as an agent when you're every time all those incentives built into contracts every time a player on in almost I think in all the sports every round that you get to there's another like bonus you know oh, yeah. you make the you get oh, yeah. and, and don't look those are substantial for any sport until you get to your second contract anyways especially and, though in, in football baseball. and any any I mean sorry in baseball and in any um, NFL draft pick outside of the top three rounds you know sure. those bonuses are pretty big. It's a big percentage of your, of your that year's income. So, well, so dude, um, those young players don't they don't they only make 
you know, 800,000, a million, you know, like just over a million, they're not making tens of millions of dollars. And that's a $500,000 bonus that the Dodgers or the Yankees or whoever didn't get, you know, or, or would have, what about the, that's a fair point, but let me give you a quick counterpoint. I think we'd be naive to think that the only teams that did this were the Astros and the Red Sox. It's just a matter of what degree are some of these other teams. And and one of my really big pet peeves, one thing that I really, really hate, and to me, it's worse than cheating. It's when you start dishing on somebody else when you've done the exact same thing. So like when AJ Hinch is like accusing Cleveland of cheating, or like when, remember when Ryan Braun, after he tested positive, he totally threw the, uh, the courier under the bus, you know, I don't like that kind of stuff. Like you, you're wrong, oh. wrongdoing, and then you're trying to make somebody else um, look like the bad guy. I hate that. That's really chicken bleep, and I'm not cool yes. with that at all. So I kind of okay. have to wonder, though, a lot of these guys that are coming out right now, they better be damn sure that not only are they clean when it comes to this stuff, but their teammates are too, because they're going to look really, really foolish if they're pointing the finger and then it gets exposed. And we've seen that happen all the time in sports. Yep. Oh, I mean, dude, we, it was coming out today. The, the, the best one is the Verlander stuff. <laughs> you know, I didn't hear like, that. So what happened with okay, Verlander? So you you got to check this one out. Verlander, right before he got traded to the Astros and he's on the Tigers, absolutely went ballistic about sign stealing and about how it's just so rampant and you can't believe it and it's cheating. And he just got and then he got traded to the Astros and everybody's like, how come he hasn't said a word? And then, you know, remember last year, Verlander was the guy who was complaining all the time about the ball being juiced. You know, it, which is really funny. And and then, you know, Bregman talk, like acts like he's hot stuff. And Altuve, who we all love, acts like he's hot stuff. And Springer and Yuli Gurriel's making fun of people and making racist comments when he's cheating. <laughs> you know, that that's hilarious. Like what? And we talked about it, too. Like guys like, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say I said to one of my friends today, man, that guy ruined Kershaw's life. And I said, well. I, I wouldn't say ruined his life, but if you're, if you're an athlete and you're competitive and like, this is your, and like a sport is your life and you're Clayton Kershaw, who's going to go down as one of the best pitchers of all time. But when you have a conversation about Clayton Kershaw right now, it's hard to have a conversation that doesn't mention the fact that he hasn't won a world series and he has had some blunders in the playoffs. But dude, if you go back and take out the world, he was in that specific world series against the Astros he was awesome in game one, and he was awesome in game seven, which were at Dodger Stadium. The one game he got lit up, which is really like the worst game, like the big legacy game for him was game five when they had a big lead, when he had a lead like twice in that game, and the Astros won, I think it was a 12-11 game, which is crazy that the, the Dodgers scored 11 runs over there against the Astros, you know, and they had to, they had to score 12 runs to beat the Dodgers. And even Kenley, Kenley blew a save that game, and then you Darvish, so... I mean, we're, we're talking about guys' legacies now, even forever, because sure, Kershaw struggled against the Cardinals a few years back and the Cubs, and he, he hasn't been like, he, he wasn't Bumgarner of the playoffs. But dude, we saw this happen with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning started his career 0 for 3 in the playoffs, and even the, the Super Bowls that he won, he wasn't very good. But once he won one, then you just don't have the conversation of him being like a choker anymore. It's kind yeah, of just old- that's a whole separate long conversation in terms of, you know, what it means to win and these big games and team sports. And I've got my opinions about that. Let's take a quick commercial break, though, Gino, and we'll come back and continue dissecting this uh, hot button issue. The news of the day, the news of the week, and it's probably going to carry on through spring training and maybe even uh, on, uh, on through the regular season as well. Stay with us. We will be back with more baseball talk. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams. Each week, join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Talking shockwaves regarding the baseball scandal that has uh, been expanded upon during this week. And uh, Gino, did you ever think that the word buzzer would be associated with baseball uh, more today than basketball? No, but I don't know if you saw uh, one of the tweets that I I retweeted just recently, um, and it was talking about it was from the Astros of August of 2018 when they had a, they had won a, a big game, and they tweeted out from their own Twitter account, "There's a buzz in the air." Ah, oh, interesting. <laughs> Which is just great to like look back on on some of these. This is hilarious. Just feel August third, twenty eighteen, Houston Astros Twitter account. Just feels like there's a buzz in the air, <laughs> <laughs> and there was. There absolutely was. And you know what's funny? Do you remember when one of the times the conversations that we had when it was getting heated about Kershaw, and and one of the things you said, which I I, I just remembered this earlier today, which I thought was funny. You said you were talking to somebody who uh who who had said. It's that they that some of the players say yes. that they're not intimidated against Kershaw. It's almost like they stand in the box knowing what pitch is coming. Yeah, yeah. He said he said they're going hey, This is my buddy, my buddy Jimmy, and uh, he you know he played he played some pro ball. He knows what he's talking about, and he yeah he said they're and his exact words were they're digging in their back foot and just waiting on it like they know what's coming. And they did. And they did. <laughs> that's what's crazy. They did. They yeah. really did. So that's I mean. It's uh, 
Which yeah, is funny it, because it, I, I remember when we were talking about it, it, it sounded crazy, but it's actually the it's true. It's the it, actual truth. Yeah. yeah, that's it's. Yeah, I mean, look. Let's face it. And for for people that are that are maybe like casual baseball fans, and if for any moment you have the thought in your mind, which is, hey, well, you know, these guys are are pros. You know, they they know how to hit. Does it really matter? What I'll tell you is, yes, it matters big time. These guys are the best hitters in the world, but they're going up against the best pitchers in the world. And so having any advantage at all is really, really substantial. If you know that there's something off-speed coming versus a fastball versus high versus low, inside, outside, if you just know that and, and prepare for it, you improve your chances substantially of hitting the ball square. It's really just- what it comes down to. A part of that, right? Like you just said, even if it's just outside part of the plate, inside part of the plate, or the difference of like fast versus off speed, you know, any of those things. One of my buddies, Ryan Tucker, who was a professional baseball player, he sent me uh, the post. I remember he posted in 2017 as this was happening. He called it out just like Trevor Bauer did too. Like a lot of these players, they knew and they were calling it out. And that's what's funny. Like, I don't know if you saw the thing of Jessica Mendoza today. Yes. Uh, who does ESPN? And I was going to actually save that as a discussion point, but I think this is a good time to talk about it right now. You yeah, know, about, was, you know, is somebody like that a hero or a rat in your eyes? Yeah, because so here's what she said. She said she didn't like the fact that Fires went public with it, right? And and Fires didn't go talk to the MLB and, and no other players went no, to let, let, Sorry to interrupt. Let, let's just set this up for a quick second. So uh, for those who aren't familiar, Mike Fires is a, a baseball pitcher. He I believe he's currently still on the A's, uh, but he played for the Astros during the season in question. And so he didn't say anything about the cheating during his tenure with the Astros, and he won the World Series, and he got the great benefit. And then sometime last season or towards the end of the year, whatever it was, he disclosed what they did a couple years prior when he was on his division rivals team, uh, the Astros. They're in the same division. I remember we went his numbers a few months ago when, when this first came out and he got lit up at Houston a couple times. Like that's really yep. why this all started yep. because if they were, they should like that. Now that's kind of stupid on Houston's part too. Now, like that's, that's really stupid. Like when you know that you're playing against somebody else who knows what you're doing, you got to be a little smarter about it. Like you lit, you light him up and you know, he's going to be frustrated and pissed off about it because he was sure. an all-star this year. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he had a great season. Except for those few games at Houston, those were his worst games of the year. So to me, I, I get the whole not going public with it. If you don't go and wanting to keep it behind closed doors or wanting to try to talk to MLB or executives first, they did. And the MLB didn't care that they, they did like teams were all calling that multiple teams reported the Astros to major league baseball and they didn't do anything about it. They did not care. The only reason they started to care was because fires made it public. So if he doesn't go to the athletic and tell them and the athletic doesn't print that story, this investigation doesn't happen. Nobody even cares. It's all just kind of gets swept under the rug like nothing. So Jessica Mendoza didn't even have the facts right. That's the problem. I would agree with her in the sense of, yeah, you don't want to go just go straight to the public. Maybe go try to talk to somebody first, see if they see how they react. But if you if you went to go blow the whistle or tell on someone or whatever and you went to go say there was some wrongdoing happening and the people that you told didn't really give a sh- didn't crap a crap you know like w- wouldn't you say okay now i'm gonna 
I'm going to have to do something else. Cause I've kind of been in a similar situation like this at a previous job where I knew there was some wrong stuff going on. I mentioned it to the people in charge and they didn't care. So I didn't really come out publicly and say anything. I just said, screw it. I'm going to move on myself because if they don't care, why should I care? <laughs> you yeah, know, it, but, it, it, by the way, just so Jessica Mendoza basically was, uh, you know, c- kind of taking the viewpoint that, you know, she doesn't like the rat. She doesn't like so you know she's she supports like a bro code, a locker room code, the fraternity, and that you kind of keep that all within, and uh, you don't go public with that kind of stuff and burn any current or former teammates, and uh, and I, I respect that position, but she she did get it wrong, and she actually is, issued an apology thereafter, yeah. and I believe you know, the ESPN they, probably they, made her do that. Um, because obviously, if she feels that way, then you know. And, and look, Jessica Mendoza is an all-time great uh, player herself. So you know, she gets the, the locker room and, and that type of thing. And I think she was coming at it from from a player's perspective. And who knows? Maybe she's done the exact same thing. Who, I mean, who who really knows, right? I mean, part about what she says is that she works for the Mets. She works for the Mets. Beltron was just the manager of the Mets. Like, so she she's in. Whether or not the Mets had anything to do with this. She was involved in a way because she works for a team who just had who had a manager who was involved in this. And remember, we discussed this earlier in the year, talking about if it was a conflict of interest with her being an yes. announcer and, and being a consultant for the Mets. And this is the kind of reason why, because this is like she obviously has if you work for the Mets, you have some ties to them. Like if she if she had nothing to do with the Mets, I wouldn't have cared what she said. And I don't think she would have had to issue an apology. I think the only reason why she had to is because the Mets probably called her up and they were like, hey, you better say something about this now, you know, because the backlash she was getting was horrible. It's like, okay, hey, yeah, uh, I I, I completely, you know what, I get what you're saying. I get what she was saying. Yes, you don't want to, if you're one of the guys or you're one of the gals and you're in the locker room and you're with them, like, you know, what, what, what happens in the locker room a lot of times stays in the locker room. But then we're getting into a slippery slope, right? Because, you know, like, so were we talking about the same? So like whatever is said in the locker room can't come out of there. So like, you know, harassment stuff, you know, we've seen bullying, we've seen all that kind of stuff in the locker room. It's just, it's sad, Mike. It's just a different culture we live in nowadays. You know, well, like, you it's, know it's really interesting that you bring that up by the way, because the Astros haven't really been like exemplary anyways. No. You remember uh, during the postseason, um, there, there were some comments and, you know, I don't want to necessarily totally dive into that one, but they they were, uh, you know, anti-female, basically. And, yeah. uh, and, and and that came out and um, and it was almost like we're uh, we're 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 happy that we got this uh, wife meeting closer because he did the job. And somebody was one of the one of the Astros uh, front office guys was almost rubbing it in a female reporter's face. To me, it just seems like especially with the Astros, there's an arrogant culture. There's a culture of we can do whatever we want and get away with it. And we're, you know, the best. And um, and to me, it it rubs me the wrong way when there's absolutely no regard for your you represent the name and the city. And when you act like that, it's very selfish and it doesn't look good. It's it's a bad look going on. It's like they, it wasn't like this Astros team was playing with uh, juice balls and nobody else was, and they didn't they didn't get that. Like they knew what they were doing. Why do you go out and like? Why do you make it worse by drawing more attention to yourself, acting like you're hot stuff? Like do, like if 
people are really because you said they're the attitude the cockiness and i'm saying this as someone like this was the, the one of the main reasons why usc got hit hard with all their allegations for the reggie bush stuff and for their paying players it wasn't because they were just paying players it was because the attitude that they had when dealing with the ncaa and the attitude that they had kind of being caught and in people's faces and kind of acting like they they were the best when they were cheating. That's what people that's what people got pissed off about. And I mean, this one, this is a huge deal. Like, I don't know if like, you know, there's like so many other things going on right now, too. Like Odell Beckham Jr. Got, is like got a warrant out for his arrest. Julian Edelman got arrested last week. Antonio Brown is like completely off the deep end. You know, we have two football. We have huge. um you know, football games this weekend, the conference championship games, we're going to find out who's going to go to the Super Bowl. The NBA is halfway through. Like the Lakers are awesome. There's so much going on in the world of sports. And this is by far like 10 times a bigger deal than all of it put together. Yeah. And you know, the, uh, the point what was brought up earlier regarding, you know, is this good for baseball? Is this you know, is any publicity good publicity? Is any PR good PR? Or is this devastating for the game? Now, we know it's sad. We've heard that term kind of thrown around. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily agree with sad. Um, look, we've always known that with ultra-competitive athletes, they'll do whatever to get an edge. And it always it hasn't always been legal, right? And baseball has a very long history with doing things to give you an edge, whether it be roofies back in the day, obviously steroids was the biggie in the late nineties and the uh, early two thousands. You know, sign stealing has been involved in the game at some level, probably since the very inception of the game. And so baseball has got this like really funny relationship when it comes to cheating. But here's what I will tell you. Having enemies in any sport, having hated teams in any sport is good. It's good to have the hated yep. Yankees, the hated Cowboys, the hated, you know, whoever it, now, you know, Astros. The Red Sox are kind of hated. You know, they've been hated for a while now, especially since they've won, especially since they're always on ESPN. And ESPN has a lot of uh, workers that are from the New England area. So people feel that, you know, th- that. Red Sox, you know, ickiness gets kind of pushed our way and so on and so forth a lot more than the Royals or the Mariners or whatever. So I guess that's kind of a long-winded way of saying I think overall this is going to be good for the game, especially if it cleans it up a little bit. Um, I think for me as a Red Sox fan, I like hearing that it wasn't possible for them to employ those tactics in the postseason because – there is some kind of level of um, exoneration for winning fair and square. Yeah, there's something I, uh, lo- there's something morally sound about winning fair and square. I wouldn't want them to cheat their way to win a series. See, I call that. I just I don't I don't know how we can I don't know how we can pick and choose. If there was cheating, there was cheating, and the whole thing's tainted. Like we can't because the problem is I, if we read the article. Well, what's worse if you if you cheat in the series or if you don't? If well, you if do, it's worse, right? Throughout the season to get to the series, that's that's also cheating. Uh, see, I'm kind of looking at it like this: like, look at how many games they won. Okay, subtract even ten games. You know, you they still would. That, you can't. But you know why you can? Because, like I said at the outset, the the cheating it could only happen at home, where the Red Sox only happen at home, and where the runners on base. 
So you're going to eliminate 81 road games and at home, just the circumstances where you have runners on base. Let's just say that's half the game. So you're talking about 25% of the game. And that's, by the way, here's the thing. That's assuming that they capitalized on every opportunity the right way. Like, you could still know a fastball's coming and swing and miss. Well, okay, so, Mike, if you had the answers to a test and you got caught with them in school, but you told the teacher, hey, I, I didn't really even need to use them, <laughs> what would they say to you? You know what I mean? Like, that's the – if you know – but, 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 you know, like, here's the thing, and I think this is, this is the main thing that I'm going to kind of stick with as – when you look at the scales of justice, this is what tips the scales for me, is that a lot of guys do this. It's just not electronically. Sure. So <laughs> if, if it's happening anyways, you know, um, like I would almost be like, you know what? It shouldn't happen at all or let it all in. But drawing these random lines of, okay, well, it can't be done electronically. To me, th- th- then then really, okay, so if 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 team A is doing it, naturally let's just say and the other team is doing it electronically how much more of an edge is the electronic guy getting 10 percent more 50 percent more 100 percent more i don't know but i guess what i'm saying is i think it happens anyways they just probably did it better than others and so to me it's not enough to taint things to me this isn't comparable to the steroid era because if you've got a lineup like the 93 rangers that was just stacked with steroid users that to me is way worse and, and the problem about what you said about the monitors is they were talking about how the people who were monitoring those rooms were some of the most horribly trained people, period. They didn't even really know what they were doing. Some of the people, they said, would leave for half the game and come back. Other people, it was like, it's like when you get a substitute teacher. You know, yeah. some of them are cool. They just let you do whatever you want. And then other ones are like really hard asses that are like, no, no, no. And then, and actually, some of those monitors were saying that people were doing things when they weren't even doing things. They were saying that those were some of the most horribly trained people. So the problem is, is, is to me, if there's cheating, we, it's, it's period tainted. We can't play the, well, they only cheated on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays, they didn't cheat because then, we don't But then we could say the whole league is cheated then, right? But no, but we're, but, but we're not because the difference is you can't stop people from stealing signs without using electronics. That's just me picking something up. That's just like that happens in football. That happens in bat. Like in basketball, when a team comes down, like Ray Rondo calls out what they're running when they're playing against when when Rondo's on the court against the Lakers, or like Dwight Howard or Anthony Davis, like the really good defenders or smart players. You know, the the Nuggets will be coming down and they'll they'll call out their play as it's coming down the court. The main difference is in baseball, you, it's. If you're doing it yourself, like you said, if Alex Cora is so good at picking up the signs himself, like that's a skill and you can use that and you can share that. Like, you know, you can tell everybody, hey, what to expect? What play do you think is coming? It happens in football. You know, you do your homework before, you know what, you know, the way a team lines up and you know what play they're going to run and you stop it. But if you're getting, if you're buzzing people, if you're text messaging people, the, to me, I wouldn't even mind if there weren't outside, if it was just the team doing it. But when you've got scouts in the stands, that's a that's a crossing the line. That's like a that's that's comp- that's not even close to having a player picking up a sign from second. That's having a person who's not on your team in the stands zooming in on a camera. Like that's a whole different thing than than somebody picking up a sign. Yeah, look, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. Um, I'm just not sure that 
it really would have changed the final result. Because, well, I mean, just think about it, though. The reason why I think it's hard to say that we with the Red Sox is look at their 2019 year. I know it's hard to do. I know it's hard to like compare, but everything went right in 2018. And that was the year that they're going to be under investigation for possibly cheating. I mean, but if we want to do that, then then once again, then we have to look at the road record, the road splits. Was there a substantial difference? You know, perhaps they were just experimenting to see if this was something that could make a big difference. And uh, and who's to say that they didn't use it last year? You're right. And sucked still. You know what I mean? Or not, right. I mean, they're about 500, but you know what I mean? So, hey, we're up against a break. Let's continue the conversation. And let's also maybe touch on some, I don't know if this is credible breaking news, but apparently the word is out about Mike Trout and HGH. Stay with us. We'll come back. We'll touch on it because we haven't verified anything. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Joining the revolution with Jim and Trav this week will be two bow hunting legends, Christian Berg, editor of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine, and Mark Drury from Drury's 13 and Bow Madness. From understanding deer movement to how weather and increased hunter pressure affect them, the ins and outs of calling, decoying, and shot placement, we're talking whitetail essentials. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Right before we uh, went to break, Gina, we were just uh, mentioning the uh, word that's come out about uh, Mike Trout and the possibility that he is an HGH user. This is coming from David Brocious, who is the son of former Oakland A's, Orioles, and Yankee World Series winner Scott Brocious. And basically, he says something along the lines of, and I quote here, actually, 
Uh, Mike Trout takes HGH for a thyroid condition. It's a loophole he found, and Major League Baseball doesn't make it public because they don't want fans to know that their best player is on HGH. Um, don't want to spend too much time on this because uh, I don't know if there's any credibility to that at all. And also, we don't know if it's a performance enhancer. And the reason I say that is this. Um, growing up, I was asthmatic, really bad asthma. And my dad is a physician, anesthesiologist, and he would give me a steroid injection for my asthma when my condition was very bad. But that version of ster- the steroid, because I joke around, sure. am I going to be able to hit a lot of home runs? And my dad would be like, no, that's not the guy that builds muscle. Yeah. So if this was for a thyroid condition, who knows if that's the dosage that gives you a superhuman strength? Who knows if that's the same, I don't know, strain is the right, strand is the right word, or, uh, you know, the, the composition or... I don't know enough about it to know it might not even be a performance enhancing variation of the HGH anyway. So that's at least my initial reaction. What about you? Yeah. Um, (laughs) This is crazy. Uh, In the last hour. Yeah. I mean, we've had, we lost in the last few days, we have three major league baseball managers step down. We've had the Astros scandal come out. Now we have Mike Trout, who's like one of the most squeaky clean guys in all of baseball. I think it's hard to, like we, we want to get in more information on that, but when you see someone like with the last name Brocious, like you, you think it's pretty credible. At least like you think it's one of those things where, where did that come from? Why would he sure. make it up? Sure. You know what I mean? Like why? And why would he make it up right now? You know, it's not like the angels are winning anything. <laughs> Mike Trout wins the MVP, but it's not like they're you know, like they're winning world series. But, uh, and then I'll apparently well, he might want the microphone in his face and he's going to sure. get that now. Right. So, sure. you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to say. And, uh, I think to kind of conclude on what we were talking about, we probably agree to disagree on kind of the, the the overall impact of it and stuff. Perhaps when more information comes out, maybe I'll change my tune. Maybe you change yours, but ultimately, yeah. Uh, that's the thing with baseball is one of the things that's made it so compelling over the years is because stats are very revered. Uh, there's some type of uh, it, baseball, regardless of its its kind of swing in popularity uh, from from being you know America's pastime to maybe being second fiddle to football or whatever. There's always this ro- romance with baseball, especially yeah. amongst the people who really really love it. And overall, I think the the, the thing is. It's more revered in terms of the statistical accomplishments, the, the records, yeah. the World Series winners. And the reason I say that is because the Patriots every other year are involved with some type of video cheating scandal. And it gets, mm-hmm. and it gets very little play in comparison. I mean, I know they talked about it for like a day or two after they, they filmed that thing in Cincinnati. That was forgotten about right away. I mean, uh, I mean you know, like it wasn't it's not something that people are talking about as is tainting, you know, and they got the whole sideline and we, you know, we talked about it on the show for a few minutes uh, after that came out, but you know, they're, they're re- repeat infractors of it starting from, you know, the, the spy gate and the jets and, and all the way through the years, they've done anything and everything to be able to get some kind of advantage. You want to call that cheating. Um, it's against the rules and it is using technology and it is against NFL rules and they've lost yep. draft picks before. Yep. Uh, but we seem to have a different attitude about it with baseball. It's weird. You're right. You're really right on that. And, and it's actually kind of similar with the NBA too. I mean, and it even comes down to like the drugs, right? Like somebody gets popped in football or basketball for steroids or something like that. You, a lot of times you don't even hear about it. Yeah. It's like, it's like no big deal. Sure. And, and I think 
it was just recently this year where like a couple high profile NBA players got suspended for something. I think DeAndre Ayton um, was like missed like 25 games, but that was like the first time in the NBA in a while when like, like high level players have been suspended for like a performance enhancer of some sort. You mentioned it. I think it's just a lot of the history, right? Because there's these records and that's why baseball doesn't want to go to a, a shorter season. That's why they don't want to cut off games because then it will mess with the records and it will mess with things like that. Um, this, yeah, this is going to have legs and this, what, what, what's why this story isn't going to stop is because this was just the Astros part. And now, I mean, we're only, what are we, a few weeks away from, you know, pitchers and catchers reporting. Yeah. We have three high profile baseball teams that don't have a manager right now. We lost within the last week, we lost 10% of baseball's managers. <laughs> now let's, uh, let's, let's use this uh, subject that you just brought up to conclude the baseball uh, segment. Cause we could go on about it all, all afternoon. Um, and, and we can uh, touch on football for the last uh, few minutes of the show. Any thoughts on who any of these uh, teams should be hiring? I mean, as a Red Sox fan, I really hope that they're saw, able to lure Bochi, Bochi right? out of out of sure. retirement. I'd yeah. love it if the Red Sox did. I think he'd be perfect. And he runs a really clean and tight ship, too. So he might be the perfect person to do it. Um, I, I don't know if I'd throw like a rookie first-time manager into the mix. Yeah, I think I saw somewhere um, like Buck Showalter as someone for one of them because I, th- I think you're 100 percent right. Like I think this this has to be where you go get even if it's a retread someone who may not have been like the best um, tactician as a coach. This is the time where you need more of a culture guy, a culture builder. And if there. that's the case, and, and you need somebody to handle the vets in this situation, it's probably nobody better than Dusty Baker. Hundred percent. He's he's on the list of, of that I'm seeing too. You know, Show yeah, Walter. If, if I if I had a young team with, with a lot of yeah. rookies that are getting called up, I wouldn't bring Dusty in because he's never been favorable with with rookies and younger players. But if you've got a team of vets, you know, which the Astros and the Red Sox, they're not going to have anybody new break their lineups this year. So he'd be perfect for either of those teams, in my I opinion. Agree. Yeah, I think you need a vet. You you have to and. As you mentioned, we could discuss this and I'm sure we will the next few weeks as like more and more information continues to come out. But like this has been a wave over the last like four or five hours. It's just been like one thing after the next after the next keeps coming out, you know, and that that's what ends up happening with these scandals a lot of the time because people don't want to be the first one to go out. But then once somebody opens their mouth, then it doesn't matter. Everybody will start piling on. <laughs> yep, exactly right. So we got about four minutes to close. Quick thoughts on. Uh, the huge upset of the Ravens getting taken down, the Vikings not showing up, the crazy, crazy game between the first quarter and the second quarter of the Chiefs game. I don't know if I've seen anything like it in a really, really long time. And uh, and, and and the Packers in Seattle, Russell Wilson is God, uh, but he fell a little bit short. That's, that's all I got to say. That guy is just unbelievable. Yeah, and it was Pete Carroll again, and, and in like kind of stubborn coaching. You know, um, I wasn't a fan of how they were, you know, kind of trying to run the ball a little bit too much early. You got to take the 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 gloves off Russell a little bit earlier and just kind of let him go in some of these playoff games. I was really disappointed. I think as you were with the Vikings' effort, wasn't surprised by the result. Just that, like from a coaching standpoint, you know, it felt like uh, in the NBA when you go on the road and you have a back to back, and they play two nights in a row, and the first night they beat the Saints, and then you're kind of like, oh. 
let's just mail it in for night two. It almost felt like that with the Vikings. Well, you'd, like no- you'd actually, uh, to your credit, you mentioned that that's, that could be a possibility, you know, uh, yeah, on the Thursday good. before the game. You said that was yeah. one of your concerns. Yeah, no sense of urgency with, with the Vikings or even the Ravens when they were down big. It's like they were just kind of, they weren't, you know, they weren't putting their you know, everything into it. So I was a little disappointed with those efforts. But quick thoughts on these two these two games this week. Um, I think the Chiefs are really, really going to be tough. The Chiefs were my team, my Super Bowl pick preseason. So I'm going to stick with them again now. I think the Chiefs are going to win this weekend. Of the two games, I would prefer, like at seven and a half, I, I would take Green Bay to cover that point spread. I think Green Bay is going to be a lot better than they were against the 49ers the first time, which it doesn't have to say much because they got their asses kicked. But I would, of those two games, I think Green Bay would have the better opportunity to pull the upset. I think we're going to have a reap, and I agree with you. I think we're going to have a repeat of Super Bowl one. One. You know what Super, Super Bowl, Bowl one was? Packers and Chiefs. Hell yeah. Super Bowl one. I'm going to have it. And the reason I say that is because even, even though the Niners dominated the Vikings, Garoppolo to me did still. I mean, he made yeah. a couple of nice throws, but there were several interceptions that could have really changed the game if the Vikings didn't have stone hands. And um, I still see him making really, really big mistakes. You could only get away with it for so long, and um, it's hard. Look, the, the Niners destroyed Green Bay in the first matchup. I, I think it's hard to do that twice, and a lot of times we've seen a complete reversal. Um, when you get to the postseason, everybody thinks, oh, well, we crushed them the first time around. Um, and the second time around, it's it's a complete opposite effect. So I think the uh, the, the Titans' the great run play- ends because they're just a little bit short in terms of playmakers. Um, and, and I don't think they can outscore the Chiefs. And to piggyback your, uh, your 49ers point about uh, Jimmy G, so after that interception, when they made the adjustments – uh, San Francisco, San Francisco ran the ball 16 times and threw it three times. Yeah. I saw that. It was, it, was, it was very clear that Shanahan doesn't have a lot of trust. No. And, he, and you know what? He just said, and that was the difference between what he did and what Zimmer did. Zimmer just kept running the ball right down the gut where the, where the where the 49ers are the best. They didn't try to get creative. The only deep pass that they threw was a touchdown and they didn't try again to do anything creative. It was like, boop, let's just run it right up the gut. So, I mean, when it comes down to coaching, this 49ers team, I will say that even though you and I haven't been quite as high on them this year from a maybe how good they are, I think their coaching staff is is awesome. Like Excellent. incredible. Absolutely phenomenal. So, uh so you said Green Bay covers and loses or covers and wins? I, let's I'll, I'll go with the upset there. I'll go I'll go with the same thing. Green Bay Green Bay covers, Green Bay wins and the Chiefs. I think of, of definitely of the two games I would think Green Bay has the better opportunity of the upset there, but I do like of the four teams left, I I genuinely would rank them like Kansas City, San Fran, Green Bay titans and i do think kansas city is the best of the four teams left i'm, I'm with you 100 on that and i think as long as kansas city is in the super bowl we're gonna have a really really exciting super bowl game with with either aaron Rodgers or the 49ers and and their running game and uh, and coaching so that's all the time that we have for today we zipped through a lot of baseball talk a little bit of nfl talk we'll continue on the conversation and Everybody have a tremendous sports weekend. Thank you for listening. We'll see you same time, same place next week.
Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.